Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Broadcasting live from the Hyundai studio. Presented by your local Hyundai dealers. This is Chicago's home for every game of Chicago Cubs baseball. It's got a chance. Cubs win. And Chicago Bulls basketball. Sports Radio 670 The School, WSCR and HD Chicago, WBMX HD2 Chicago, and Odyssey Station. The score! As of right now, I feel like I am going to play. As of right now, I'm going to play nine more holes tomorrow. My recovery has been good. I've been very excited about how I've recovered each and every day, and that, that's been the challenge. That's why I came up here and, and tested out for 27 holes because. We played the par three course. Charlie couldn't help himself. <laughs> so was able to play 27 holes that day and at home testing it. But it's the recovery. You know, how, how am I going to get all the you know, swelling out and recover for the next day? And my team has been fantastic and worked very hard. So we've got another day of nine more holes and then come game time. It's Tiger. Hey, hey Tiger. Welcome back into Score Overnight. I am Mark Grody. Hope you were doing well. 312-644-6767 is the number for your calls or your texts. 312-644-6767. Tiger Woods will play nine practice holes today, Wednesday, before deciding if he will play in the Masters starting on Thursday. That... It's incredible to consider this possibility. It would be the first time that Woods has played in a like real tournament because he did some sort of thing with his some sort of scramble with his son and another go oh, with um, Daly, right? I think so. But anyway, the, the and that was in uh, November of 2020, and that the the uh, the last time he played in a real tournament that was the Masters. So, and just as a reminder of what happened to this guy, Tiger Woods, who thinks he's going to play in the Masters, on February 23rd, 2021, Woods crashed his SUV on a median on a suburban coastal road in Los Angeles down the side of a hill. And the injuries were so bad, so severe, that the... They considered amputating this guy's leg, his right leg, before they hooked him up, put screws in there, and took care of it. So this guy almost lost his life, almost lost his leg, and now here we are talking about him playing in the Masters. I mean, it's really incredible when you think. I mean, a lot of people just sort of assumed that, well, that's it for his golf career. He's done. There's no way he's going to be able I mean, just be happy that you got a leg, be happy that you're alive. And he had been, you know, ish, having all sorts of health problems previous to the accident as well. 
with the back injury. But it's just unbelievable that this could occur. And it, like like I said, he's got to go through the you know another nine practice holes today to see how he feels, all of that. So there could still be the old late scratch for Tiger Woods if he's just in agony or doesn't think he's going to be able to complete 18 holes because he doesn't want to embarrass himself. Well, at this point, I don't think he'd be embarrassing himself. Whatever he does, they're going to love on him. But it really, like the whole thing got me thinking about Tiger Woods. And there's like so many angles that we can go with Tiger Woods, just the, the pure winning, some of his indiscretions from the past. And you could maybe even count this one as one. I feel like we ne- never really got all the information out of that accident that he had. And it just like when I think about Tiger Woods, I feel like sometimes we don't even know the half of it, of, and we don't because you know there is some privacy to his life, and like, and I, whether good or bad, the, when I say we don't even know the half of it, like the life that this guy has lived, and there has been some gargantuanly public missteps by Tiger Woods. Obviously, I don't know that this accident was a misstep. I mean, there was suspicions of things, but I don't know that there's anything that we could say that he did wrong but it just like it just makes me think about this guy and not excuse him for indiscretions and maybe speeding maybe you know who knows what painkillers or whatever like i mean he's had some he had the thing in his driveway that one time like there's been issues with tiger woods throughout his career how like and it's like it's like child actors like they they're, they're famous when they are young, and then they are messed up by the time they're 17, you know? And in a lot of cases, dead, unfortunately, because, they just, because very simply, you got fortune and fame. Very simple. And it is it would be really hard for any—like, we all think, oh, my God, that'd be great. You're set for life but at the age of 19 or whatever for Tiger Woods. Like, you're, that's probably even earlier than that. Probably earlier than that, he, you know, that he was definitely hey trajectory. He was on the correct tra- trajectory to being a wealthy man who will never, ever have to worry about a dime from, let's just say, 18 on. I mean, like, it's unbelievable to think about life from that perspective. And while we'd all like to sample that, we'd all like to be put in that predicament, there are tons of people that we've seen in sports and in the celebrity world who just can't handle it, you know? There's probably like half of them because who would? Think about yourself when you were 17, 18, and 19 years old. You thought you knew everything, but you didn't really know everything. And then it doesn't stop because that's the you're living this fast life your entire life, and you are, on top of being rich and famous, you are also adored. Like Tiger Woods is at that point where – even, I mean, he's always had a very high rate of popularity, but there were some people, some detractors from Tiger Woods. You know, there were the protectors of of Jack Nicholas. You know, like I protect Michael Jordan. There, there were those protectors, and they you know the times when people would say Arnold Palmer and like get, get some personality and all that kind of stuff. But he has now gotten to the point where everybody, because he's gotten older. And he doesn't win every tournament now, but people are like, you know what? It is pretty damn cool when Tiger Woods wins. It's it's even if I didn't like Tiger, you know, it's actually better when he's in these tournaments. And it's true. 
But that's what I just got to thinking about him. Like we don't know, we don't know the half of the Tiger Woods life story, and we're not entitled to know that either. But it does make me wonder, and it does like the whole psychology of Tiger Woods and being Tiger Woods. It's like I, I, it's it's close to being unprecedented because of the nature of golf. Because of it is, you're not on a team. It's you. You are the. It is you. It is your business. It is Tiger Woods. It, because of the way golf is, it is singular in that way. So it's his enterprise. It's his show. It's Tiger Woods all by yourself. Yeah, you got your caddy and your family and all that, but pretty much, it's just it's Tiger Woods trying to navigate his way through life and golf and doing it extremely successfully a lot of the time and then sometimes failing miserably. So, yeah. I, and and the, the bottom line here is with me and Tiger Woods, of course, I hope that he plays nine practice holes today and we see him playing in the Masters and I hope he does well and what a blast it would be if Tiger Woods was in any way, shape, or form in con, uh, in contention. Now, that to me, that would be his greatest trick of all time. As if winning the Masters in 2020 wasn't, but to overcome near death, near amputation, and to get back up on his feet and to be able to play golf at the highest level, it's it's pretty cool to watch. It's pretty immaculate. So I, I am fascinated by it. I like that Tiger Woods has always has had a flair for the dramatic and now it's just manifesting itself in different ways you know it's just as he gets older and he gets to these hurdles and he overcomes them i it's it's like what's he gonna do next like that's the and and eventually there will be no tiger woods golfing i mean he's got the senior tour to look forward to but eventually we, we won't see it and you know maybe who knows maybe there's three or four years left of Tiger Woods golfing. Maybe there's 10 years left of Tiger Woods golfing. I don't know. But, you know, you could see the, the end game is probably upon us. So enjoy these potential spectacular moments as well. 312-644-6767 from the 702. I think the hype is getting ahead of reality with Tiger. It will be a miracle if he makes the cut. You're probably right. You're probably right. And that's why I said, like, even if he didn't make it through. I corrected myself. Even if he didn't make it through the first round, the biggest galleries are going to be following. There's going to be a, a flood of humanity watching every move that Tiger Woods makes. And all the other golfers are just going to have to deal with it. That's <laughs> just the way it's going to be. But I, I agree with that. Like if I was putting money down, and maybe again, maybe this is now I've had my, my recent betting revelation maybe it's time for marky mark to throw down some money at, at the masters i won't but i do like saying that on the radio mark from the 708 heavy rains and streets flooded in gurney and waukegan area can you ask producer sean if it's raining downtown hold on a second i'll find out for you here alexa is it raining in chicago right now All right, it is coming down right now in the city of Chicago. I am in downtown Chicago. So is Sean. Sounds like it's um, it's not going to accumulate, though. Yeah, it's not. It's raining. I mean, 
not like terribly, but I saw there was like a hundred percent chance of rain after midnight tonight. So I was like, oh, perfect, just in time for me to come into work. But uh, <laughs> it's uh, it's it's raining right now. It's not it's not pouring though. When are we getting the warmth back again? Like, Dude, I mean, I know like spring the- started like two weeks ago. What is this? We had snow since then. What's up with uh, that? No rain and snow and like. 48 degrees like it hasn't been miserable by any means no but, like it's still light coat weather and i don't need it you know i'm ready i know for... i want the shorts i want to wear t-shirts i want to be uh i want I'm, I'm i'm ready for just you know the hoodie weather again because you get it normally in the fall obviously that's prime hoodie weather weather but you get like maybe not here in chicago but you usually get like a couple months before it gets real hot in the summer during the springtime where you can kind of you know there's there's an in between there where you can kind of comfortably be out there without maybe a jacket, but you know maybe a nice hoodie or you know yeah. qu- quarter zip. You know, I mean, I'm not sure. trying to get too fancy here, but you know, <laughs> yeah, I actually love jacket weather. That's one of my favorite, and I like oh, I like sure. buying I like buying jackets. I think jackets are cool. So um, I'm ready. I'm ready for jacket weather, and it's not quite there yet. Like I need another no. about ten degrees for jacket weather, and I'm down with non-jacket weather too. Just t-shirt weather. I sure. Totally I mean, cool I take it. I was I was walking around Wrigleyville today, uh, just walking my dog, and uh, I was kind of just walking on Wrigley just because it's fun and it's cool to see everything get ready for opening day. But man, yeah. outside of like what it looked like around the stadium, does not feel like opening day. Really, it just doesn't have that bunting feel yet. That yeah, festival just, feel. Yeah, just not yet. I'm, I'm sure that'll. I mean, I'm sure you know Thursday. I'm gonna be like, where all these people come from? What the hell? But um, I am gonna, you know, um, I, I'll I'll appreciate the baseball feel once it comes. Yes, absolutely. Three one two six forty four sixty seven sixty seven from the seven oh eight. Mark, have you covered any golf events in uh, or at Medina? Um, no, I have been to tournaments. As a spectator at Medina, I worked at Medina as a caddy when I was in high school. I think I, I caddied twice in my life, and it just didn't work for me. Caddying just, I don't know what. I think it's because I, well, first of all, I, like, the whole thing. It's very, like, you got to get up so early, and it was, like, the it's a high school summer. And, you know, like, when you're in high school, that's the thing of your sleeping career you could sleep until one o'clock every day so getting up at seven o'clock then going to medina and then you know getting thrown in a room we all got our red shirts on and our khaki shorts like there was a dress code and then you get put with the golfer and the guy like i like i remember this this is like i guess you know episodic memory here but i i remember my first day caddying and it was at medina it might have even been on the on course three, famous course three, and I like I said, the dudes were nice and all that kind of stuff, big ass bag, and you know I'm like not a small guy, um, you know I'm, whatever. But anyway, so uh, we're taking care of him and all that kind of stuff, and I think it was like about the third hole or so. We get to the fourth hole, and I left his putter. <laughs> I left the guy's putter at the previous hole, which is was just a nightmare for for so many different reasons. But you know, with the number one reason being, I left the guy's putter at a previous hole, and then I had to navigate my way back to that hole, which can be tricky sometimes, like wherever it was, and figure out where I left the damn putter. And so it was just like I my I was sent into panic, and my heart was racing, and 
I think I found it and got it back to him. And like I said, the, the dude was nice, tipped me well, all that stuff. Then I think I caddied one more time, and I said, that's that's enough. I regret that, though, because what, a, what an easy way to make money. You can go whenever you want. You don't have to – I mean, you're not getting uh, health insurance out of this, but you can go whenever you want. You can do two loops if you want and, you know, make pretty decent money. But I was too much of a wuss to handle being a caddy. So, Wow. Regret, you know, this is a new segment we're going to do. Regrets of Mark Rohde's life. There's one. I regret, I regretted that I didn't carry on that skill because I could have, like, done it throughout college and post-college and all that kind of stuff. But no, no, I didn't want to take the time to learn what club he should have when he's 150 yards away. I don't. I wouldn't want to make time to learn Medina and understand the course so I could relay that to the golfer. No, Mark had to... You know, you just wanted to hang out and go to Bulls parades in Grant Park. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Okay. Let's go to Tom in Algonquin just to break this scolding up. Hi, Tom. You're on the score. Hey, regrets? I've had a few. <laughs> no, I've had too many, actually. We <laughs> all many. have. Hey, the older yeah. you get, the more you have, right, Tom? No, no. The, my, most of mine were done in my younger days. I'm pretty status quo now. No, good for you. Good for you. That's well, that's something for me to look forward to. Yeah, yeah. Um I was talking with Sean, and sometimes I get home from work, and uh, I watch recorded uh, version of news, and I see stuff, and uh, and sure enough, you're on the subject. You're on the subject of Tiger and the Masters. And my question, and I asked Sean, are there are PEDs um, legal in golf? Are they legal in golf? You're asking me that question. I assume no. Well, but what I'm saying and what I what I mentioned is a lot of times the medical profession, doctors and this and that, when someone's uh, recovering from such severe, devastating injuries, steroids is not just medicinal. It's uh, they're uh, they're uh, painkillers. They're they're. They do a lot, and boy, Tiger looked really buff and really strong and really. Well, he's looked at, but he's looked that way forever. And you can make the argument if you want, or you're allowed to be suspicious if maybe he started use steroids a long time ago. I know that there's been people who, like you, who have wondered that or surmised the possibility. So I, I don't never think that's did a... before. I never really? did before. I don't think there's I, anything I, new though. I, he's been big, he's been big and strong forever. He's been man. really physically fit. But he looks, again, maybe 15, 20 pounds above what I've seen him. But he also looks really trim. He looks, and okay, if they're banned, they're banned. Let's see him pass the test. That's, yeah, true, I guess, true. That's all I'm saying. I, I, I I'm wondering if golf has laxer rules than some other sports. I don't know. I don't think so. And it's, it's a great question. Um, that, that's I why I brought it up. I, yeah, I'm I, curious. I, Right, because you don't hear about it, you know? You don't yeah. hear about, like, baseball and the, the PED testing or NFL, all that kind of stuff. It's like baseball. Right, right. Baseball's really, really out in front with this now, that, right. uh, which is ironic, but, you know. Well, then, going to last night a little bit, we argued a little bit about the man on second base deal. I got a, I got another question for you on that. Okay. The guy on second base, he's the guy that made the last out in the previous inning. So... He 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 made a bad, and now he's getting to perhaps score the winning run. Now, does that go down in his stats as a run scored? Does it go down as uh, I mean, you, you made the last out of the last inning, but on your 
career stats, you're going to get a run scored, correct? <laughs> right, right. That's the way the rules work. Yeah. There, I, I guess what I'm saying is I don't think it should be the guy that made the last out. I think you should have to get, pull a guy just like a DH, or you should have to pull a guy, put him in the game, and then that guy's out of the game. I, I just think that would be something to make the rule. And then the other question I had about that is, would that rule apply in the World Series? Oh, the the man on second base? Yes. No, yes. I don't think so. I don't think so. Uh, no. Duh, I don't think so either. And would no. it apply even in a playoff game? No, no. And, and the whole idea is that you don't have a, you don't destroy your teams in having 15 inning games during the already long. Well, there was a 17 games. inning game last year, I believe. Yeah, oh yeah, I remember that. Like that, yeah, one leak through. I mean, it's not like it's uh, not going to happen. And my point but, is, there's no gonna... assurance that the game's going to end sooner. You guys, everybody thinks that you're in lapstick. It's not just that. It's not just that, Tom. It's also protecting rosters and not having to send pitchers down and bring up pitchers that you didn't want to bring up because they every arm that. was used. They actually want to do that, Mark. No, they, they don't. Actually... They don't want to do that. No, they don't want to do that. I, I, I covered this for four years. I was inside and outside of the clubhouse. True, you and were. True, you were. conversations, but, uh, and they, they hate it. They hate that, that they have to, like, oh, crap. Like, I'm glad we won, but crap, now we gotta we got to send this guy down and bring this guy up. Yeah, but it gives them room to play with the roster. It's almost like you do have a 40-man roster without having a 40-man roster. Well, yeah, but it's fun to play with it, but only if you have the players that you want, and oftentimes players that you don't want to send down have to get sent down and because you okay. need to bring up guys that have fresh arms. And the whole idea of it is, yeah, it's the regular season. Of course you're not going to do that stuff, and you're not going to have shootouts in the postseason of hockey, but it's all in the name of managing regular seasons. Yeah, well, I want because to the, the most Bulls. important part is that the most important part is the postseason. But to the Bulls, to the Bulls, we go. Tom, what you got? To the Bulls. Um, as far as our tourists, um, I, I agree with you. Imagine that, but <laughs> I agree with you that the trade deadline it was disappointing to me. I was thinking, uh, I don't know who they. Kobe would have been one of my guys that I would have considered uh, in a trade, um, not Vooch. Fuchs needs help. That's what Fuchs needs. He, he, you can't have one big on your team. And bringing Tristan Thompson in wasn't the guy. And I had mentioned uh, Montrell Harrell, who's a young guy that can pretty much he's, – he's got a good handle for a big man. He can do this. And then I was scolded for that, saying, well, why, why trade for him? Why not wait a year when he's a free agent? Well, he was a free agent the previous year, and our tourists didn't bite on him. And uh, – so what if it's a trade? He he got signed. He traded again this year for pretty pretty uh, simple, like a one year twelve million. Sean could look it up if he wants. It, yeah, it wasn't Sean that looked much. that up. Yeah, it wasn't it wasn't that big of a deal. And I just did I yell at you? You said you got scolded for that. I yelled at you, or was this? No, a... not you. It was last. Oh. It, it was last. Okay. okay. It, it was before. It was no, no, and scolded. You wouldn't yell at me, would you, Mark? No, I don't think so. I, I like you and I would debate for sure. Like it'll get a little loud, but I'm not trying hey, to yell at you. unless you hey, piss boy, me off. I enjoyed you guys. I enjoyed the banter between you and Sean. I mean, that was something that uh, I think uh, when Sean came on board and was was last, he was the first guy that really had banter. Usually, the producer shut up. It's my show. 
<laughs> but Sean, uh, Sean uh, bantered around back and forth with Les. Well, no, I, I, actually, and and Sean has done a wonderful job, but Les has always bantered with his producers. <laughs> and that is much. Well, okay. maybe they were shy. Maybe they. Okay. Were. Well, maybe you just like the banter with Sean the best of the previous guys, but he always uh, did. No, no, yeah. no. I'm talking about bantering with Les. And right now, you and him yeah. are banter right. sometimes. I no, I mean, but I feel like I feel like Les has always allowed his producer to have a microphone. Yeah, I guess it was on their end. I guess it was more yeah. on their end. But maybe you just enjoy Sean the best. Maybe he's your guy. I don't know. Yeah. No, well, there is more input, period. That's that's it. Oh, and then a question. I had a question. How old are you, Mark? 50 on the dot. Oh, man. So you are really a young pup because when we were talking, <laughs> I heard you. Thank you for that. I, well, I heard you guys talking. Well, that's what Les would say, too. But when you guys were talking about the old bills and Eugene was talking about you know, you could go YouTube and blah blah blah. I don't even have that technology, but I'm I became You have a that technology. You have that I, technology. I became a basketball junkie when I was eight. I I uh followed around my big brother like he was Wally and I was Beaver. And uh <laughs> when I was eight years old and he was ten or eleven, he was fifth grader on a seventh grade team or eighth grade team he got promoted. He hit three high-arching shots from near half-court. And, of course, half-court in these gyms were like the circles intersected. So, But uh, I just fell in love with the game of basketball. How old right are you, now. Tom? How old are you? I'm 65. Gotcha. By the way, so, uh, your favorite producer, Sean, is telling me i got to wrap up and go to a break. Do you have a closing statement here? Yeah, and that is the fact that I did see the first Bulls team, and uh, I did follow – Kareem and Wilt and yeah. Elgin See, Baylor. I, and I would always say that you guys have a better idea of what like what those players were actually like. Like I would concede to you and to Grobber and anybody like 65 and up, as you said. Thanks for the time tonight, Mark, and you yeah. guys have a great rest of the show. I'm you got it, I got Tom. Through so quick. Okay. <laughs> All right, man. I appreciate hearing from you as always. 312-644-6767. Barry and Rich and uh, company. You guys will be next here on Score Overnight. Get in line. Let's go. Let's talk Chicago sports or Tiger Woods if you'd like. 312-644-6767. I'm Mark Grody. It's Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. This is Sports Radio 670 The Score, Chicago's sports station. Yeah, I think it's going to be really interesting for our group figuring out what our identity is and um you know there are a lot of questions about our team but there's a lot of excitement within that too because you got a lot of people with with things to prove um basically our, our entire team whether guys are coming off of of strong years and looking to build on that or injuries or you know are older and wanting to continue their career like we've got a lot of guys that have have a lot of good baseball to play and it'll be cool to see that come together Cubs infielder Nico Horner, probably their opening day starting shortstop. And, oh, my God, opening day is so close. So today is Wednesday in overnight language. Well, it really is Wednesday. So I guess we could say that tomorrow, Thursday, the Cubs open their season at Wrigley Field against the Milwaukee Brewers, 120 with Kyle Hendricks making the first pitch right here on Chicago Sports Radio 670, the score. I think we're going to be live there, too. I think uh, Moline Hall and Bernstein are doing their shows live from Wrigley that day, too. Oh, I love it, man. Yeah, that's right. That's why I was like when I talked to uh, Mitch Rosen, our boss, 
he said something like like he checks in with hey how you doing make sure i'm still alive you know doing yeah. the overnights and all sure and he and i i always say how are you doing and he goes you know it's crazy getting ready for the opening day so there's a lot that goes into the festivities and making it all right, right. And i'm sure there'll be an extended pregame show with zach zaidman and you know pat hughes and ron coomer kicking it and then all the sh- like you're right all the shows will, will be there i've been a part of that many times where we take over the press box essentially that's that, so cool <laughs> yeah, no, it is cool. It's cool because it's like, at least when I did it, I'm sure that's probably similar or will be similar this year, but they have all, we have all the Odyssey radio stations. So there's, you know, Lynn Bramer doing his morning show. Actually, he doesn't do a morning show anymore, does he? Um, that one guy that does the XRT morning show probably be there and maybe Lynn will be there later. And, you know, just a, a full day of festivities for opening day done right here on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. So looking forward to that. And it'll be Hendrix, Justin Steele, Marcus Stroman, and Drew Dam Smiley, your first four for the the Chicago Cubs. This is Score Overnight. I'm Mark Grody, Chicago Sports Radio 670, The Score. Before I get back to your calls at 312-644-6767, Sean, you were, I think, away probably managing phone calls when I started to talk about this, and you just weren't there for me. But I started to talk about our baseball picks, which we are going to perform tonight. I do oh, yeah. Them. Yeah. So and what, I, what I asked you, and you were busy, I – was trying to figure out like how we're gonna do this. Like I assume we're just gonna we're gonna pick all the divisions. Like let's place all the teams, right? Is sure. That the way? Yeah, okay. that's how, that's the way I was looking at it. So okay, good, good. So we'll place all. We'll give you every where where Sean and I think every team is in every single division. Obviously, the Cubs and the Sox. Um, and then I chose my six playoff teams in each league. Obviously, three of those are going to be the division winners. But this year, there are 12 playoff teams as opposed to 10. So each of us will pick our six. So really, you know, beyond the division winners, the three extra wild cards. And then I did I did not do – I didn't go through the whole exercise of saying who's going to play in the end of the wild cards. There's no way I wanted to do all that. But I did pick my World Series opponents and, and the winner. So – that's the way we'll do that. Yeah, and, that's I basically um, went through that too, and then I, okay. I, we can. It, I don't know if you uh, took time to do. it. We can just quickly give our MVP and Cy Young. Yeah, I did MVP. There. I forgot to do Cy Young for some reason, but I'll come up with that. That's fine. We yeah, we, whoever yeah. we can. No, no one quote us on this, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, of course. Well, now that hey, now that you've got the podcast up and running, the Score Overnight Podcast, uh, we do, ladies and gentlemen, where you could go to six seventy thescore dot com and. Find this. Just look for the score overnight program. Right? Is as simple as that. I mean, it's yeah, on the website. Just score gotcha. overnight. Yeah. Okay. Cool. So we are, you know, as badly as we will be careful what you wish for, because now, Sean, we are officially on record. People could actually look up the stuff we spew. <laughs> yeah. Like when I start to make up stuff or like think I know stuff, like people could actually go back and listen to it. So it's a little bit dangerous, but I'm yeah. glad we have it. We've. I know we had. We've had a couple people asking. You know where they can find certain yeah. segments and things like that, and we had, we had a decent amount of downloads of the first day, and we didn't even advertise it, so uh, that was cool, that man. was good, very good. Well, th- download it. I mean, it, it's part of what could make this show successful and sustainable, and all that kind of stuff. Score overnight, so give it a click on six seventy thescore dot com and uh, listen to it. I think that you, it's hey, it's 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 <laughs> it's one of those shows here. You're you're going to get a little bit more bang for your buck because we're not having guests on so it's it's you it's me it's sean and we're just mostly talking chicago sports here on 
the score. Let's get back to your calls, though. 312-644-6767. Barry in Sioux City, Iowa. Hello, Barry. Thanks for waiting. You're on the score. How you doing, Mark? Glad to talk to you again. Thanks, Barry. Same first, to you, man. First of all, congratulations on your Hall of Fame induction. I I was fortunate enough in 2014 to go into the media wing of the Iowa High School Athletic Association Hall oh. of Fame, and I know it's uh, and I know it, it makes you feel like all of the years of hard work are worth it. Yes. It's a great feeling. So yeah, well, congratulations to you that. as well, man. Very, very cool that you did that as well. And thank you very much. I appreciate you saying that, Barry. Thank uh, well, you. That was more, more of a long, long, long time achievement award, I guess. I've been okay. in the business a long time. But I got anyhow, you. I, I kinda, first of all, I want to talk about Tiger. I mean, you can say what you want about that guy, but there, there's no doubt that he's the greatest golfer ever to play. I mean, when he won that 2019 Masters, that that was the greatest story in, in in the history of golf, and probably you know one of the top five sports stories ever. I mean, the only one I can think of that would have been better is if Tom Watson would have would have finished off the 2009 yes. British Open and won that. I mean, yeah. that would have that would have to me to me that would have been the greatest sports story ever. Well, what, how old was I, I agree with that. I was that, that was the exact name, and you pulled it before I could. He was what 50, about he was. I, I believe he was fifty. It seems like he was fifty-three or fifty-four at that time. You know, okay, maybe okay. fifty-six. You know, how about when, how he, about Jack Nicklaus? What about Jack Nicklaus? Didn't he win a Masters when he was like? Yeah, he won. He won the Masters when he was forty-six, and that's what yeah. Tiger is now. You know, yeah. he's, he's. You know, I'm not looking for him to win this week, but you know, it's just an incredible story. And let, let's face it, you know, there's a lot of great golfers out there now, great young players. But all the people want to see is Tiger. He, he plays these practice rounds, and there's like seven to ten, you know, people deep just to follow him in the practice round. I know. And nobody I, cares I, about anybody but Tiger. It's it's oh, crazy. It's amazing. I, I would say deeper than that. I mean, it was. It looked like a yeah, almost I mean, like a regular gallery I, I, of fans. I hope I hope he makes the cut. But you know, that's not what he plays for. You know, he already said he, he feels like he can win. You know, of course he's going to say that, but. I, I, you know, you never know. Anything can happen. But I'm just glad to see him back playing again. And then the other thing I want to talk about with his you know, basketball players. I mean, I, Michael, no doubt. There's no doubt Michael was the greatest professional basketball player ever. But you're you're not old enough to remember Pistol Pete Maravich. Correct. That guy is the greatest college basketball player ever. He averaged 44 points a game. Averaged. Can you imagine when he had 40 points? It was a bad game, and just to look at—I remember him. I mean, I was like 12 years, 12 or 13 years old when he was in his heyday. But he was never on TV because he played on a crappy team. And you know, I'm from the Midwest, and we never got any LSU games. It was just a rare that you got to see him. But I mean, he got up and down the court faster than anybody ever did. And some of the passes he threw, and I mean, he could score it well. And he even won like three NBA scoring titles too. I mean that. I think Maravich is the greatest player ever, so that's wow. just my opinion okay. on that. But, you know, I think Michael's the greatest pro player. There's no doubt. You can't dispute that fact. I mean, six championships. I mean, he's incredible. But Maravich yeah. was, was fantastic. Pistol Pete. Yeah, yeah. I can't, it's uh, it's funny because I was, you know, as I was thinking and kind of admitting to myself that since I haven't seen these guys, it's hard to make an opinion. But I did say to myself about Michael Jordan. Even though you know, now I'll contradict myself a little bit. My thought was, 
there's no way somebody was better than him back in the day. You know what I mean? Like, there's no way somebody was more dominant than Michael Jordan. Like, so I, that, that's where I have the exception of my rule to where, yes, I will be well-mannered in listening to people tell me about Pete Maravich and, and all that, which, that, and that's extraordinary hearing that. Go Barry. on, go on, go on YouTube, go on YouTube and just, just, you know, search Pete Maravich or go on yeah. Facebook and there's a, there's a Pete Maravich fans page. It has all kinds of clips of him. I mean, if you haven't seen those, it's just, just, it's worth it just to watch okay. what he did on the basketball floor. Awesome. It's crazy. So. Barry, thanks for the anyway, call, man. Great, yeah. great to talk to you again. Talk, get, go Cubs. I hope they can get, you know, <laughs> get it going, get it, get it off to a decent start anyway. I'm not expecting much out of them, but I'm ready for baseball. Amen, Barry. Thanks for the call. I appreciate it. Yeah, I, I hope the Cubs do get off to a, a fast start. I mean, it'd be great. I like I said, I you know I've been pretty pretty negative about the Cubs' chances this year, but it would be fantastic if a lot of us were proven wrong and the Cubs got off to a fast start. There's just not enough evidence on the field on that roster for me to think that it's going to be anything close to a good year. But you'll find out soon in our baseball picks. We picked uh, all the teams. We placed them. We got the, we'll do MVP. We'll do Cy Young. We'll do World Series winner. It's all coming up in a bit. For now, it's Rich in Old Town. What's up, Rich? You're on the score. Hey, morning, Mark. How are you? Good morning. How are you, Rich? Good. I noticed you haven't turned into the vampire yet and doing this late-night gig. Well, I've been looking at myself in the mirror, and we are—we seem to be losing color in the skin just a little bit. So I might have to go to a tanning spa. Yeah, I want—you uh, know—your talk with Sean about predicting uh, baseball. I'm kind of trying to turn the page on basketball. I'm a big basketball fan. I'm a big fan about everything, but I played three sports in high school and two in college, and so I kind of follow. And I'm not from here, but I've been here 23 years, and I've kind of adopted kind of Chicago sports is kind of like the mainstream stuff, but I wanted to say to throw this out before you guys make your picks. I'm a numbers guy. So the boys in Vegas are pretty accurate about everything they do. I looked up the over and unders for this season in terms of uh, team wins in both leagues and specifically with the Cubs and the White Sox. And I found something very interesting. Let's let's talk Cubs because I know you're you're more of a Cub fan, right, than the White Sox. I mean, I grew up a Cubs fan and I covered the Cubs, obviously, but I, I so I don't really know that I have a fan cap these days. But yeah, I probably do know a little bit more historically about the Cubs. But, yeah. All right. Well, here's something that really kind of surprised me. I took a look at what they set the totals uh, over and unders at for the upcoming season, and then I wanted to compare that to last year's actual results. And I thought what was very interesting. The boys in Vegas have the Cubs at 75 and a half wins. That gives them, what, 88, 87 losses. That 12, 13 under 500. Well, now that uh, was done before several things. It's been posted for a while. And I wanted to bring that up because that's a net gain from last year of four and a half games. They won 71 games last year. Mm -hmm. And you take a look at the White Sox. The White Sox won 93 games last year, had a heck of a year. And they've got them listed at 91 and a half, an actual right. one and a half game loss of last year's performance. And this right. was done before Lance Lynn got hurt. Huh. I'm thinking, okay, well, they're, at, they're at 91 and a half. So the next thing, of course, I did, because I wanted to see what effect it would have, if any. 
they say he's out two months. You would know better than I. Is that accurate? Six to eight weeks. Days? So, yeah, six to whatever that turns out to be. All right. Well, I took a look at uh, who the White Sox play in April, May. They've got 21 divisional games. Yeah, it's a tough start. April. It's a tough start. Yeah. yeah. 21 division games, and they could get stumble around a little bit. But the reason I like the over in, in 91 and a half is even though Detroit and Minnesota are greatly improved, and they really are, I think they're really somebody to keep an eye on. Cleveland's Cleveland, but Detroit and Minnesota improved the roster substantially, and they're only listed around 77, 78. And I'm thinking, what, what, what am I missing here? <clears throat> I mean, I think the White Sox pitching, which is well known, is a little shaky, but <clears throat> not, not really when you – and you know this – when you've got starters that are only going five, six innings anyway, they've got a very deep bullpen. Yeah, if they can get. Well, yeah, if, I'll say I'll say a couple things about it like that because one of the things that has to be accounted for, Rich, and I've been big on this, is they do have to make up the production they got from Carlos Rodon last year. So there is that, yep. and and their their bullpen as a whole last year, and there are different pieces with Kendall Graveman and Joe Kelly there. They. They underperformed big time, the bullpen did last year. Yep. And Garrett Crochet is now hurt as well. And that was going to be an important piece to your bullpen. So I I actually am more inclined to agree with the number that you said initially. What was it, 91 and a half, did you say, or something like that? Um, yeah, that's it. Less than it was last year. And like just because there is some volatility, some insecurity in that starting staff and even in the bullpen at this point. Well, look, they picked up. Uh, I make fun of this because if you believe in karma, I think Reinsdorf picked up Pollock from the Dodgers because his, his initials are AJ. Last time they had an AJ, they won the World Series. Oh, yes. <laughs> if it was only that simple. I know. You know, I started – I'm trying to be an optimist. I know. That's good. I mean, you're going deep for that. I mean – Well, yeah. I'm, diff- you know, I'm thinking since I want to go over, how can you make a case? And I think, I think for the people who – who like to place a better too? It's a good play, and for one reason, I think the White Sox have scored eight runs a game. They've got a slow pitch softball lineup on offense, and as long as the pitchers can keep them around where they can hand it to the bull, bullpen, uh, you know, it, I know Kopech is a, is a wild card. You don't know what he's going to do, but if he can go four, five, six innings and uh, in, in chew up innings, I think the White Sox are going to be fine. I think. I think they're underestimating the White Sox. And I'm a big Boston Red Sox guy, so it's not like I'm a homer. But I think the White Sox, and what's really interesting to me when you make your picks, the favorites are very interesting. And you know who the favorite is in the American League for total wins? Um, I'm going to say Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay? The Blue Jays. The Blue Jays. Okay, okay. Yeah, okay. That's that. Yeah, they've that got them. Sh- that doesn't shock me. It does not shock yeah, me. Yeah, did me. It did me. They've got them at ninety-two wins, and they've got the guys pushing them, and they're right there with the Sox at ninety-one. At ninety-one wins, are the Astros, and the Yankees. Hmm. Even even the Red Sox. Who I, I mean, the American here. League East is is ridiculous. It really is. Yeah. I mean, the Boston well, the, was in the Boston made it to the ALCS last year. Yeah. Well, guess what? They get them at eighty-five-five, and I think part of that is wow. They that their pitching with Sale being hurt 
not good. Uh, I don't. Yeah. I actually took under eighty-five and a half with the Red Sox. I don't think they'll be a factor. I think the Jays and the Yankees are deeper. But Tampa think, Bay. Think, Tampa Bay won one hundred and two games last year too, and they're they're yeah, they're underestimated literally every year. Yeah, I don't. I'm not sure about them because they're good every year. But right, but, but you're I never think, sure. But that's perfect. Like that's the same yeah. with me. They, it's like you're never. Really, I don't know who they have. I don't know what's going until you do. Until you see them win ten out of eleven, and then they have 102 wins at the end of the year, and you're like, holy well, crap! I'll I got to pay attention it, to Tampa Bay. I'll make it simple. If you want to win bar bets all all day long, ask anybody who claims they're a baseball fan to name five starters, position players on Tampa Bay. <laughs> right. <laughs> it, it's hey man it's difficult every single year with that team like hell going back to the joe madden days you know i mean yeah. they had a they had a couple of household names back in the day with you know longoria obviously and carl crawford yep. and those dudes but but beyond but we had to even get to know them you know it was like just this, it's the lost team of baseball the the tampa bay rays the team that nobody really wants including tampa bay and they just keep winning they just keep winning. They're they're really incredible. They are. Rich, thank you very well, much wanted, for the call. Yeah, go ahead, Rich. Yeah. Go ahead. No, I wanted your opinion when I threw the 75-5 out about what you think the reality of the Chicago Cubs are this year. I think they're going to be horrible. I think Ricketts has screwed them up. I think they got a weak payroll, not a lot of depth. Pitching, if your number one guy throws 82 miles an hour, you got a problem. <laughs> Right, it's a little higher than that. Thanks, Rich. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna let you go with that, and I will address the the couple of the things that you said here. Yeah, I mean, I I made it pretty clear that I don't think the Cubs are going to be good this year, and it does start with the starting staff. I mean, you you have obviously you have a, a couple of good things. I mean, even Kyle Hendricks has to have a better year than he did last year. So, but I assume he will. Kyle Hendricks and and Marcus Stroman. So that that's what you have to be excited about as far as the the Cubs starting rotation is is concerned and then the rest of their rotate actually here's the way the first four games stack up in that open that four game series against milwaukee it's kyle hendricks justin Steele, marcus stroman and drew smiley does that do anything for you i mean that's that's the whole point maybe you get wins with with hendricks and and stroman but like it's gonna be game to game once you get beyond those two guys so and they're like like i've said too about the cubs there are some interesting things i am interested in patrick or in uh, patrick wisdom and what he does for an encore i'm interested in seeing if frank schwindel can pick up where he left off i'm fascinated by say suzuki and what his prospects are and nick madrigal like i'm interested in in nick and to see if he lives up to his first round high first round pedigree and what kind of a player he is with the cubs but that's that's really about it as far as the White Sox talking about their schedule to begin the season they you know with all the division games and a tough kind of a tough road to begin the year but they will be at they start the season on Friday their first game is at the Tigers a 12-10 start so they have a three-game series against the Tigers a day off on Monday so they get the weekend series no wraparound Um, and then they play they play their home opener on Tuesday against the Mariners, a three-game series, and then those Rays come into town. The Rays will be here for three games, and then they play, I'm going to get it right tonight, the Guardians for, they got a four-game series with the Guardians in Cleveland, if you believe the Guardians play in Cleveland. And then a three-game series at the Twins and then Kansas City and the Angels and so on and so forth. So you could see it's um, th- there is ch- there are 
opportunities for the White Sox to do immediate damage in the in the division with all those divisional games except for you know, Seattle and Tampa Bay at home. So it's interesting. It's important. It's like the Sox with Lance Lynn out and Crochet out, they're not in a as good of a position to have the red hot start, but the it's not like those teams that they're playing except for Tampa Bay and who knows what Seattle's got up their sleeves. The it's not I mean, Detroit's better. Cleveland is not better. The Twins are eh. So you got a chance to collect wins, and it's pretty important early on for the White Sockos because of the division games. Mark is in Milwaukee. Mark, you're on the score. Hello, Mark. How you doing? Good, man. How are you? Good. Um, i got to tell you something. This is uh, the first time I've called in since Les is passing. Um, it's been hard. Um, I feel like I, you know, without ever having met him personally, which was on my bucket list to do, I felt like I lost a friend. We had a lot of things in common, but, um, I, I seriously, I like your style too. I, you know, Saturday suckage and the different things. And I love the station. Um, I'm not cookie cutter like here in Milwaukee, the Odyssey uh, station here. And I really enjoy, you know, what you're doing and I wish you the best. Um, uh, you know, Thank you're you, feeling, you got big shoes to fill and I know it's a tough yeah. spot. Couple, yep. couple things that I, I kind of wanted to get to. Okay. Um, no, number one, I live in Wisconsin. I'm a is less new, but I was always respectful. I'm a Packer fan, but I'm also a Cub fan. Reason being, um, I'm going to be 70 years old, and when the Braves left Milwaukee in '65, um, we would come down on Sundays. <laughs> And drop my mother off to visit my grandparents in Albany Park. And then my father, my brother, and I would head to Wrigley. And so I cultivated a fandom for the Cubs. And then I lived in Mesa, Arizona in the 90s Mm. and loved to go watch spring training and Sosa and these bombs and everything like that. It was fun. Mm. My opinion is that what they did is kind of similar to what the Rams did last year. They mortgaged their future. They were all in. And they won the World Series, okay, which they had done in forever and now they're paying for it you know kind of they're paying for it uh but they did reap the benefits of the world series as did the rams i think they're going to have a tough road down the road too uh and that's kind of the way i see the cubs Uh, but i I absolutely just love coming to wrigley it's one of my favorite things to do along with going to camp randall it's just a great experience and uh, i wish them well um you want to talk about tiger a little bit absolutely yeah Bring it. Okay. All right. Okay. Uh, I'm 70 years old. I grew up in Milwaukee, and I, I am a Bradley University graduate. I graduated oh, gotcha. from Bradley in '74. Lived in Peoria nice. for four years. Okay. I, I, know, I, I lived in Peoria, Peoria too. I went to I lived in Peoria as well. It was my first job, WMBD Radio. So. Okay. Yeah. Um, the reason that I went to Peoria was I had a cousin of mine who grew up in Milwaukee. Went to Bradley, stayed there, and built a life for him and his wife and his kids in the Peoria community. And through him, I had met Chet Walker and Laverne Tart. That's when he was there in, in the 60s. Okay. Mm-hmm. Sure. And when I got to Peoria, he had a son that was a year and a half old and a daughter that was born while I was there. I babysat for the son, you know, took him over to the fraternity house and hung out with him. The son is a guy named, do you know who Mark Steinberg is? I don't know that name. He's Tiger's manager and partner. Okay. Um, he's they have a company now called 
XL Sports Management. They used to be at IMG. Mark Mark graduated high school, Richwoods High School, went to Illinois, where he was a classmate of Steve Strickers, oh, and he was like a manager on the basketball team, the team that went to the Final Four in 88 or 89. But he got into some of the games. Lou Henson put him in, and I remember watching like the late uh, Stuart Scott on SportsCenter, and they would show Illinois highlights. He said, this game was such a blowout, even Mark Steinberg would have gotten to the game. Then he went to IMG and got started with senior golfers, I think Marco Mira, but he was also very responsible for the career of Annika Sormstam. And somehow, somehow, some way, they paired him up immediately with Tiger. And Tiger's first tournament as a pro when he signed his contract with IMG was a block down the street from where I live in a suburb of Milwaukee called Glendale. It was at Brown Deer Park, the Greater Milwaukee mm-hmm. Open. First oh. tournament he ever played in, which is defunct now, but he had a hole-in-one there. <laughs> I've never met him. My brother has. Um, but my cousin has taken a lot of bulls for him. He's a claim he represented people like Vince Carter and Annika Sorensen and others. But uh, So I certainly wish him well, kind of a uh, rooting Good. interest from that yeah. respect. All from That's Peoria. cool. All from Peoria. That's um, awesome. NBA, if I can go for another minute. Uh, sure. I was a huge NBA fan back. We had season tickets when the Bucks during their inception. And I thought the best of the Bucks Bulls, when they were rivals, was then. You know, with Kareem and like Chuck Swirsky said tonight with Dennis Autry and Oscar and Jerry Sloan. I mean, those were wars. Those were battles. And since then, it's, you know, until Michael came, the Bucks dominated. After Michael, it was all the Bulls, and now it's the Bucks again. And it isn't really the, the rivalry uh, that it had been, in my opinion. And the one thing I'm a little down on in the NBA, I think the Bulls are – I love listening to Chuck Swirsky and uh, Bill Wennington. They make it interesting. And I've been to a few Bulls games in recent years, and they are fun. It's an event. I really enjoy the introductions and all that kind of stuff. But I feel the NBA has been very – you're a redheaded stepchild, most of the teams – when this year they promoted, you know, the Bulls, who are good now, on like a mm-hmm. Saturday night showcase game, or Miami, right. or Memphis. I want to see John Morant. Everything is centered around LeBron and Kevin Durant. And as far as I'm concerned, they're getting what they should be getting. They're getting it stuck to them, you know where. LeBron's not going to be in the playoffs. Durant, right. I mean, and I just don't get the – it's the one league, in my opinion, that strives for – not having they don't want parity okay they put everything behind two or three superstars and yeah. that's it and it's a good I, point mark I think, it's a good point yeah i think it's very interesting and I, I, to prove it a little further there's uh i believe 30 teams in the nba okay and there weren't always 30 back in the 80s and 70s and 90s there were like 18 and they went to 24 and 30 i was at the all-star game in milwaukee the one that they had in 1977. And baseball, good or bad, stadium-wise, record-wise, they rotated. I mean, Milwaukee's had three since they came here, the Braves. And I'd like an explanation from somebody, and I've heard a hundred different ones, I don't believe any of them, why there hasn't been an all-star game, an NBA one in Milwaukee since 1977. People, there's not enough hotel rooms. Well, they can have a Major League Baseball All-Star Game here at Democratic <laughs> Convention. The uh-huh. weather's too cold. They had one in Toronto. Right. <laughs> I just think yeah. this is not a destination of choice. You know, why is New Orleans at three or four in the last 10 years? I think it's very yeah. 
Hey, man. Hey, uh, sorry that we got to let you go here, Mark. It's really good stuff. I appreciate that. But I let you go a little bit longer than we should have because I'm losing the clock here on score overnight. But great stuff, Mark. Thank you for calling. I appreciate the kind words about less and my work and all that. So I hope you get back to being a regular caller here on score overnight. As a matter of fact, when we return on score overnight, I want to address something you said as it pertains to the Cubs going all out to win a world series when they did in 2016. And they are where they are right now. I want to address that coming up next on Chicago sports radio, 670, the score. This episode is brought to you by progressive insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, You call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.